0: Visiting with someone with Alzheimer's disease is a challenge that many people shy away from. How do I talk to them? What can I say? What can I do? These are all valid and important questions. Searching for answers to these questions is why I started this podcast. Connecting with my mom and having pleasant times together were evading me and none of the common suggestions were of any help. It's still a challenge knowing what to do how to conduct myself to keep her happy. As soon as I think I have it dialed in, her situation changes. That's one of the biggest challenges, and it's why I created this episode. You'll find out more about mom, details about our visits, and how I'm coping with a huge amount of changes in just the last few weeks just by tuning in. Hopefully, some of my challenges and solutions will help you solve some of your challenges too. This episode is brought to you by Family History Films. Visit myfamilyhistoryfilm.com to find out how they can preserve your family history in a fascinating documentary film. Welcome to Fading Memories, a supportive podcast for those of us caring for a loved one with memory loss. Before we get into the show, I want to thank everyone who tunes in regularly. And if this is your first episode, welcome! I want to encourage all of you to follow me on social media. All of the links are in the show notes. My social media accounts are full of details about mom visits, my own life, podcasting, and most importantly, cute dog photos and videos. I share advice from guests and other caregivers to give you as much support as I can. Now on to the show. Regular listeners know quite a bit about mom as she is now, so I'm going to take you back and fill in some of her history Mom was born in January of 1943 in Northern California. Mom is the oldest of four siblings. That's her, her two brothers, and then her sister is the youngest. As the oldest, she was responsible for keeping an eye on the other kids while her parents worked. I'm pretty sure Mom and her family moved to the town that I currently live in when she was around 10. Her family lived on a ranch property that was owned at the time by, I believe it was, the Maxwell Coffee Company. According to mom, her parents owned a five-and-dime store here in town that had an old-fashioned soda fountain. Mom told me many times that whenever she or one of her siblings had an upset stomach, grandma would give them straight-up Coke syrup, which mom said was a pretty good remedy. Maybe this is where Mom's addiction to Coke, then Diet Coke, started. I wish I had a way to find out, but because of Alzheimer's in the family, there's a lot of our history that's been lost. Mom used to have some pretty interesting memories of the coffee company home. It had some bench seats that opened up as storage. and Mom occasionally had nightmares about a tiger jumping out at her and attacking her. I'm not sure what year they moved, but they did move to a new home on the edge of town that was next to her grandmother. I think it was her paternal grandmother because her maternal grandmother lived in Hayward. I know this because of the stories mom used to tell me about her mom having to drive all the way out there to deal with her mom's senile dementia. Mom's grandma, or my great-grandmother, would put plastic bowls full of water on the stove to boil and other troubling instances, but since I have not heard these since I was a teenager, I really don't recall the details anymore. This is one of the saddest things about having multiple generations of the same family having Alzheimer's or dementia. You can't go back and ask for the details again. They're lost. I've thought about getting together with my uncle, the younger of the two boys, to see if we could piece together some of our shared history, but unfortunately, this disease has also splintered the family quite a bit. Mom met my dad when she was a sophomore in high school. Dad was a junior. I'm not sure they even dated anyone else. Dad joined the Marine Corps right before he graduated in 1959. He was stationed at 29 Palms, which I attribute to the reason he was only an active Marine for four years. Dad did not like the heat, and 29 Palms is hot. Back then, it was pretty normal for a serviceman to hitchhike back home or wherever he needed to go, and it's a close to an eight-hour drive from 29 Palms back to our suburb that's way on the outside of San Francisco, but Dad came home as often as possible, at least once a month. Mom graduated from high school in 1960. She attended the community college nearby for at least a year, but went to work just before she and Dad got married. Mom and Dad were married on February 10th, 1962 in the Methodist Church that is still located downtown. They honeymooned in Sausalito, which is a beautiful town north of San Francisco across the Golden Gate Bridge. It's on the water and has lots of houseboats. Now, houseboats are one of the more affordable ways to live in this part of the state, but don't let affordable confuse you. There are currently two on the market. One is a one-bedroom built in 1979, and it is for sale for just about $800,000. The other is a two-bedroom and built in 2009, and is for sale for a million three. In all of our family photos and keepsakes, there aren't any photos of their honeymoon. And I know it was just a weekend. Dad had to get back to base in Southern California, and Mom had to go back to work at Dow Chemical. Dad was a pretty good amateur photographer back then, so it's a little surprising that there are no photos. I actually do have a couple of photos of Mom at work at Dow, but I don't remember exactly what she did. I think the photos were promotional, but what they were promoting is lost to me. I came along in 1966, late 1966. There was no way Dow Chemical would allow a pregnant woman to continue working, so Mom became a housewife, and they didn't call them stay-at-home moms back then. We were living in the town that I grew up in, and Dad was working for Pacific Telephone and Telegraph. This was long before the government broke up the phone company, which happened while I was in high school. We moved into a brand new home in June of 1970. It was in a brand new neighborhood and cost $33,500. That's about mm, 20% of a houseboat in Sausalito these days. I remember walking across some two-by-fours with Nana. She's my grandmother that's almost 102 over the freshly poured street to the schoolyard. Back in those days, we attended elementary school from kindergarten through sixth grade. The biggest reason for the move was simple. Mom was ready for kid number two, but Dad said we needed more space. My sister was born in May of 1971, so I guess getting more space worked. I started kindergarten three and a half months after she was born, and Mom used to tell me that her timing was not great. Just as she got some daytime to herself, she had a baby to take care of, and my sister was not the easiest baby to take care of at all. Mom lived in that house across the street from the kindergarten yard from June of 1970 till March 15, 2017, just shy of 47 years. Moving her into the care home was pure hell. Mom claimed she didn't belong there. She begged to live with one of us girls, then just cried and clung on to her dog. Yes, Misty, her grossly overweight poodle, was allowed to live with her for the first year and a half. We had to rehome her when they fully renovated the entire community in the summer of 2018. Now, having the dog did help Mom with the transition, but it still took about two months before she didn't cry every time I show up. I remember the day that happened like it was yesterday. Mom was trailing behind another resident who just had to use the telephone. Mom saw me and asked me to walk with her as she was helping her friend. The word friend was like hearing I'd won the lottery. It was a relief that she was no longer crying and assuming she'd been abandoned every time she saw a family member. Those first two months were harder on us than they were on her. After about a year or so in the residence, my sister and I were really struggling with the decision of whether or not to keep Misty with Mom or not. Mom's memory made caring for the dog nearly impossible, and the lack of structure and discipline was making Misty a little nuts. If you listen to the episode titled Misty Tales, you may be familiar with this story, but it bears repeating. Mom had been living in the memory community for about four months when the executive director, the med techs and I devised a plan to get Misty fed properly in the hopes that she would lose weight and be a little bit more normal. All the residents were sweet, saving bacon and hot dogs for her, but weighing almost double an ideal weight was really causing problems. At the end of a visit, I was literally shoving Misty into mom's room. Misty was not having it. I didn't want her in the dining room during dinner. Lola, a very sweet resident who thought whatever she could see belonged to her, decided that Misty was now her dog. She was getting really upset that I was stealing her dog. She grabbed Mom by the forearm in an attempt to get her to help stop me. I was focused on the dog, but abandoned the attempt to get Misty in their room when Mom loudly exclaimed, If you touch me one more time, I'm going to knock your block off. Yikes! (laughs) I did not need an old lady fight on my hands, so I pushed Mom out into the courtyard and attempted to calm her down. Mom was so angry, she was shaking, but I knew a broken brain would actually be on my side for once. I explained that Lola's mind was so bad that she didn't understand Misty wasn't hers. She loved Misty too, and, and she just wanted to make sure she was okay, She thought I was taking her away, and on and on I went, repeating this tale about poor Lola's terrible mind. It took about two to three minutes when Mom realized that, wait, everyone's sitting down to dinner, and she just walked right inside. Just like that, the Misty crisis was over. And again, Misty was rehomed in August of 2018. She lived with Mom for 18 months, and as of this recording, Mom has been in the memory care residence for three years. She still thinks Misty is with her, even though she has not seen her for 18 months, which I find absolutely fascinating and sometimes frustrating. Once we got past the crying and hysterics of the first two months, I tried to engage mom in activities. I had done a lot of research about what to do to engage someone living with Alzheimer's on their level, and for the most part, all of that advice failed. Miserably, Not long after the Misty and Lola fight, I realized that Mom would be really upset if she knew that she wouldn't have Christmas gifts for her three grandkids. I had come up with a really easy craft that I thought she'd enjoy that I could then fashion into a gift from their grandmother. If any of you are into crafting, this is what I coaxed her into doing. Instead of using fancy alcohol inks, you can use sharpies. And 91% isopropyl alcohol to make some beautiful art. I drew a heart outline on a 6x6 six six inch tile and asked her to pick out three pen colors and fill in the heart. Now, if you've read the same advice as I have, then you know that simplifying something they've done in the past is usually quite successful. Mom used to do oil paintings and woodworking, so this seemed very overly simple. <laughs> yeah. It was awful. I didn't realize at the time, but mom's visual processing was already terrible. She'd say she needed her glasses and then refused to use them. Like, Egh. That was just the beginning of the frustrations. I should have been smart and given up, but I was convinced that she could do this. It was so simple a toddler could do it. so Mom could do it, right? Nope. I had to tell her, every two minutes what she was doing, why, and constantly reassure her that she couldn't screw it up. We did two tiles in one visit, one for each granddaughter. After getting them home and sealing them, I realized that even though the project was a little feminine, my nephew might enjoy one of these tiles as well. So yeah, I coaxed her through a third one, like I'm nuts, obviously. It was during that visit that I tried to get her to sign each tile. I thought, love Grandma Diane would be great, but that was too much for her. I tried to just get her to sign it, love Grandma, then love Diane, and then just love. And long story short, the best I could get out of her was three initials. That was an eye-opening day. I tried an activity one more time before completely giving up. Most of the residents back in 2017 did coloring nearly every afternoon. Now, I find coloring to be quite relaxing, and I told Mom exactly that. I said, eh, I want to have a nice, relaxing visit with you, and I'd like to do that by sitting with these other ladies, and, you know, we can all color together. I didn't sort of laugh track here, but I'm sure you can hear it in your own heads, right? Mom could not decipher what was inside the lines and what was outside the lines. She stressed and fussed about doing it wrong, screwing it up, and then she just gave up and pouted. What I was trying to have her color was a simple outline of a poodle, something that she's had her entire life. It was then I realized I was going to have to find a better way to interact with her. Sitting and chatting was not a good option. I learned the hard way that truthful answers weren't always a good idea. Mom has a very hostess-type behavior. She wants to make sure you're okay. You're doing what you want. Is everything fine? It's very fussy. She'd ask, what have you been up to lately, or how's your family? One day, in sheer desperation at having to answer these same questions for the fifth or sixth time in 15 or 20 minutes, I said... Well, John has been busy selling houses, and I've been busy photographing families and graduates, and Laura, who is our daughter, has been working at a new job that she really loves. This seemed like a reasonable answer. It gave her the information she asked for, but it didn't burden her with a lot of details that she wouldn't be able to process. She looked at me, she got a confused look on her face, and then she looked at me and she said, Oh, bullshit, what have you really been doing? I was like, what? <laughs> to say I was shocked is a complete understatement. Not that she swore at me. That isn't out of character for her. It was a fact that because she forgot who I was to her, that my answer seemed like fiction. Some well-meaning friends have suggested just making stuff up, but that never seemed right to me, and it's hard to keep track of, not that Mom could, but I just it just seemed like too much work. <laughs> But looking back, I think they might have been right. After that lovely exchange, I just started answering by saying, oh, you know, same old stuff, same old, same old. And She doesn't always like that answer, but it only takes a few seconds for her to say, oh, okay, and then we're on to something else. Of course, even that gets old after 20 minutes and 10 times, so to save my sanity, I decided I had to find a better way to spend time with her. Now, being in Northern California is a blessing when you want to get out of a memory care residence. Mom lives 10 minutes or less from two regional parks, so we've visited them a lot. The first is Black Diamond Mines Regional Preserve. Black Diamond is a 6,000-acre park located north of Mount Diablo in Contra Costa County. Mount Diablo was part of the view from Mom's backyard all of those 47 years. It's a beautiful, sharply peaked mountain that was actually formed from volcanoes, which is surprising because, yes, we have earthquakes. Never had a volcano erupt in my entire life, so it goes back a long way. The park used to be a handful of coal mining towns, the biggest of which were Nortonville and Summersville. Now, if you live around near me, you know that we live near the Summersville Town Center, and Summersville Road, and Summersville this, and Summersville that, and then every other thing is named after Mount Diablo. There's a lot of history up there, but for me, its close proximity is what makes it a hit. In the spring and summer of 2018, Black Diamond Mines was a place I'd take Mom a lot. We could walk along a major path that takes you to the mine, picnic near the parking lot, and enjoy nature without too much physical effort. Not more than 300 feet off the parking lot are tables under beautiful, very old oak trees. And if you turn your back to the parking lot, you have this gorgeous view of the hills and the trees and the flora. And mom loves it. There are a lot of people who hike and walk there, so it's a pretty safe place to be even on a Monday afternoon. It was great. I would put mom in a pair of my old tennis shoes and we'd walk along a winding path and enjoy nature and the sunshine. Two years ago, this was doable. My biggest challenge was getting mom into the shoes that tied and having her walk next to me. Back then, she'd walk to my side and slightly behind. I knew then it was because she had lost her peripheral vision and I worked with it as much as possible, but the challenge for me is that I also have limited peripheral vision and I am highly uncomfortable with her walking behind me. Just, she's not a fall risk. It just doesn't feel safe. So the other park is the Contra Loma Reservoir. The reservoir, which is owned by the Contra Costa Water District, is available for year-round fishing, which we don't do and it has a lifeguarded swim lagoon for summertime swimming or kid watching. Fishing is allowed, and the reservoir contains catfish, black and striped bass, bluegill, trout, and red-eared sunfish. I don't think mom would ever be interested in fishing, but, you know, thinking about it, maybe it's worth a try. The swimming lagoon is actually quite interesting. It has a beach walk-in, which would be great for someone with crappy visual processing, but it also has sand in the shallowest parts, and that freaks mom out. The shifting sand makes her feel unsteady, and it makes it difficult for her to understand that she's not going to fall. Just the feel of the sand shifting, even though she's standing on the cement bottom, it just it freaks her out. We've only gone in the pool like two or three times tops before I gave up on wading in the water with her. Mom loves to watch kids, so that's what we did during the months that they weren't in school. We'd go back to the mines in the fall when the temperatures were cooler and the kids weren't around. It was in early 2018 when I started the podcast, so I started recording some of our outings. Mom never seems aware of what I'm doing, and I hope that, you know, someday... I appreciate having these recordings. Right now they're kind of hard to watch because at this point I'm not sure how many trips we'll be taking to the park in 2020 and beyond. Because mom's visual processing is shot just driving to look at nature isn't really a good option. It was early on in 2019 when I realized that mom would say the same thing in the same spot when we went to the mines. I can only hear how amazing the hills are almost the exact same spot each and every time we go. She also doesn't seem to, quote, see what's really there. It doesn't help that she sits way low in the seat of the car, so her eyes are right at the bottom of the window. Now, I've thought about putting her on a pillow to raise her up, but I I worry about her safety. Uh, Maybe at this point, her enjoyment outweighs the possibility of something bad happening if she were sitting on the pillow and we got into an accident. It's worth considering, but then again, she would fuss and fluff and mess with the pillow for five or ten minutes before getting in the car, and that's just frustrating, especially when it's cold. To be honest, I'm not a fan of winter, even though I'm a late fall birthday. I'm not a fan of cold or rain, and the thought of being locked in the memory residence with mom with nothing to do is a complete nightmare. Unfortunately, we had some really good rain in 2018, so there was no walking in the park for weeks. To add to the challenge of what to do with mom on visit days, she had refused to buy a coat that would have allowed us to go out in colder weather. The coat that we found that looked fantastic on her. The sleeves were slightly too long, which is a problem we both have and not one that's easily solved. I would have just bought the coat and probably should have. But, Mom gives away anything she doesn't recognize as hers, and at this point in her disease, that's pretty much anything purchased for her in the last 15 years. So we started going to Starbucks and other places just to get out, but she never seemed happy with any of them either. The seats were too hard, the restaurants were too noisy, there were always a lot of complaints. Now, let me give you a little background. I used to be one of the negative ones in the family, along with dad and mom would frequently say, you'd bitch if you were hit with a new axe. (laughs) Yeah, I probably would. After being accused repeatedly of complaining, when I honestly felt I was just making an observational statement, I worked on how I stated things and how I thought about things. I didn't want to be the negative complainer of the family. I think I succeeded, but these days... I really want to say to mom, you'd bitch if you were hit with a new axe. But I don't. One visit in early 2019 included my youngest dog. I was desperate. (laughs) He was a hit with all the ladies and he seemed to really enjoy being the center of attention. He's going to be going back more with me, which I'll explain in more details coming up. So we're into 2019 and mom's memory has worsened and I'm not so sure walking in the park and walking from the parking lot to where the kids are playing is is in mom's future for much longer. I take her out as often as possible for this very reason. I don't want to regret not taking her to the park so I, I do it even though it's no longer enjoyable for me. It's enjoyable for her and that's what matters. When we're sitting in the park I try to put my head back and close my eyes and listen to the kids and feel the sunshine on my face or the warm breeze, some sort of mindfulness relaxing technique. It helps because if I'm relaxed, it helps keep mom relaxed. So coming up are some recordings from some recent visits, most of them from the fall of 2019. But first, I want to tell you about a service I learned about that I know you'll want to check into so are you familiar with family history films they're from your part of the world they're from London. no i'm not actually no well family history films is a company that creates personal broadcast quality documentaries that are fully researched by professional genealogists and historians exploring your family's ancestry and origins all over the world as a client family history films will work closely with you filming in both the comfort of your own home or at locations special to you and your family. That sounds amazing. The films are personalized and personal, and they're built around interviews with you and your family members, and your memories are the most important source. Clients have described their work as PBS quality, an amazing experience, and fascinating to watch. You'll find more testimonials at myfamilyhistoryfilm.com. The process works wonders for older clients, letting them relive their memories not just by helping to make the films, but by watching them. That would be incredible to have because Dad was born in India, um, so we don't. He was brought over on a boat. There's
1: no, there's actually nothing of him coming into this country. So um, it's just
0: been, it's been horrendous trying to trying to track it now because he doesn't really remember anything. You know,
1: that's mm-hmm. brilliant.
0: Family History Films works with people from coast to coast and around the world. If you'd like to find out more about your family history, visit MyFamilyHistoryFilm.com or email Paul Hurley, their creative director, at Paul at to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation. It's Monday, and I'm pulling up to Mom's place. I'm feeling my usual sense of dread. Lately, our visits have started off with mom in distress. I have started assuming that that's what I'll be greeted with because I'd rather be pleasantly surprised versus having hopes dashed with tears and stress and upset. (sighs) Okay, so let's see what I'm in for today. Last week when I got here, mom's door was open, but Today, it is closed. Apparently, Mom is not in her room this afternoon, which is unusual. So I'm walking down the hall towards the activity room to see if I can find her. Hello? (laughs) Did I scare you? (laughs) It's scarlet me. I'm sorry. A pretty common reaction when Mom sees me is, shock and surprise and you can see the oh my expression on her face and there's actually quite a lot of body language behind her reaction which I just kind of enfold her into a hug and say hi I usually get the question what are you doing here to which I answer oh I came to visit you lately I get a very passive aggressive response like Oh, well why would you do that? Which is kind of hard to come up with anything to say to that, especially when you're not expecting it. So, we're at the park and mom is wiggling and squirming cuz the bench is it's really hard. It's a hard plastic. It's molded, so it's not horrible, but it's it's not the most comfortable seat on the planet. And, she hasn't complained about these seats before, so this is kind of new. I'm trying to distract her by pointing out a little girl running around in a bright neon pink bathing suit up against her mocha-y brown skin is just so beautiful, and the smile on her face is just beautiful. So I'm, I'm trying to distract Mom with comments like that. However, her visual processing is shot. You almost have to run your finger right across her cheek, past her nose to point at something so that she's aware of what you're looking at. So I generally don't point things out, point people out, unless it's generic, like, oh, isn't the sky pretty or aren't the hills beautiful? But the complaining over and over about the bench just... It was frustrating, so I finally told her to stop, which lasted a few minutes. And then after a few minutes, she said something about this woman, her daughter, Chuck, which is her husband slash my dad's name. There were a couple, two, three words together, wow. strung together with... I'm not sure how to even describe it. It's even difficult to recreate it verbally. It made no sense, and I barely heard her the first time she said it, so I, I said, I'm sorry, I, I didn't hear what you said, which frustrated her, which is frustrating to me. We seem to have been doing a good job frustrating each other today. So I had her repeat it and of course it was it was words that didn't they didn't hang together. They didn't make a sentence. And she stopped and was like thinking. Obviously she was done with the sentence, but there was no vocalization that indicated she was done or any words that made sense to the effect that she was done. And I'll be darned if that woman did not tell me I've explained it to you twice. Now, you just sit still and just just be quiet. Well, first off, I was barely moving because I'm really tired today. Secondly, I had to just put my foot down. And I said, excuse me, nobody gives me directions. That stopped her. It shut her up. It's not always the best way handle somebody with a broken brain but that was all I could do I mean I'm not going to tolerate her getting angry at me because I can't understand her that's just not gonna happen she can sit in companionable silence with me we can watch little kids run around the park but I'm not, gonna, I'm not taking orders like, basically, sit down and shut up. That's not happening. Wow! 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 Mom is back to complaining about the uncomfortable bench. And I'm about at the end of my rope, so I've suggested that we get up and walk over to the splash zone. Now, the splash zone's got quite a number of kids and a couple of moms playing with the younger ones. The water squirts up from the ground. There's like built-in squirt guns, squirt cannons. Not really sure how you would describe those, Call what you'd call them, but the kids love to squirt each other. And one mom is squirting her kids and they're just squealing and having a great time. After a minute or two, mom starts to look around like she's baffled and confused, which I take as a sign that it's time to go. We still have to stop and pick up toilet paper for her, which is another issue, but we're not even gonna discuss that today. How about you, did you have a nice day?
1: Yeah, it was very nice, calm and quiet. What did you do? Not a whole lot, just I loved watching and seeing what's going on.
0: Going on with the children? With what? With the children? Oh, yeah, the ones that are right
1: at that time. Yeah. yeah. The
0: ones that are at the park? Uh, I think we went to the park. I don't know for sure. Yeah, we just left. Hmm? We just left the park. Oh. So we were watching kids, right? Yeah. <laughs> the park visit you just heard was on October 7th, 2019. Mom had no physical issues walking at that point, and listening to these recordings again, I see that she was much more conversational than she is now. The following recording is from a visit on October 28th, 2019. It had been quite some time since I had sat down and eaten with mom, and knowing that people living with Alzheimer's start to lose the ability to eat with utensils, I thought it was past time to have a meal with her in her space and observe the whole process. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Nice. I came to have lunch with you, and you're already at dessert. Mm, she's just not here. Oh, I haven't eaten yet much. Said, beautiful lady, gorgeous lady, wonderful woman. <laughs> I'd like to go with you. Well, can I have lunch with you? Yeah. Will this nice gal give me lunch? What? Am I too late for lunch? No. Um, you want a sandwich? I'm easy. Ready to go? I'm going to sit with you. Oh. Cool. Uh, but... I can you, do whatever
1: you want. Well, if you stand up, and I can move the chairs up. around. Well, I still
0: want one. It may be a little difficult to hear, but what I was asking mom to do was stand up so I could move a chair around to sit in myself, and she said, Well, now that's the hard part. <laughs> oh, never mind. She got one for me. Thank, Thank you so much. Was it's
1: like well, you had something tasty. <laughs> now that I'm I think I better leave it alone until I get Uh-oh. i missed myself. You thank you. missed yourself
0: like two seconds. Okay, you want me to take this? You want me to take that, Diane? What? You want to keep it? You can keep it. Lunch here is good because it's the right what? amount of food for what I need, not too much. <laughs> Other places, too much food, and I eat too much. <laughs> what are you eating? It's
1: just.
0: Are, I have to show you <laughs> See, It's just, just wiggly pink oh, stuff. Yeah. okay Is it strawberry All <laughs> or raspberry? I haven't tasted mine yet wow. I don't know but it tastes good That's good I get my,
1: my dog comes up to me mm-hmm and she looks at me real close you know and I, every once in a while she expects me to, to fill it.
0: This is probably a good place to pause and remind all of you that Mom's dog was rehomed in August of 2018. So it's been a little bit over a year at this point. There is no dog and no begging.
1: So she can eat
0: it. (laughs) I think that's because you've done that one before. Oh, I have. I wouldn't hurt her for anything. Oh, I know you wouldn't hurt her just so strange what
1: is
0: that, that she begs
1: it's strange it's
0: different okay yeah. I'm just playing along here because I have absolutely no idea what mom is talking about I have no idea what is strange what's different I'm talking about this I don't know I can't even get my mouth out of my mouth. Okay. As I'm sure you can hear, mom uses the incorrect word frequently, and when she's aware of doing so, she stops and tries to find the right word, tries to correct herself, but more often than not, that doesn't happen. I think she also uses that laugh to cover up her discomfort at knowing that she's not communicating properly, not using the correct words. I'm really not entirely certain, but she uses that laugh a lot. And I'm sure it's not because she thinks I'm that funny. Do what? We could go for a drive if you want. Well, I I don't know what I wanna do. You don't know what you wanna do? I'm surprised all the time. You wanna go for a walk?
1: Whatever you wanna do, that's okay.
0: This is a common response I get to almost any question. I can ask mom, do you want Diet Coke or iced tea? And she will tell me to have whatever I want. You know, just to, don't worry about her. It's a very caregiving hostessy type of behavior. And you're gonna hear how I'm going to try to use that to improve her day-to-day living coming up.
1: What do you think would be a good, a good thing? Right now? Go to the bathroom. Right, yeah, that would be nice. My do, my I had put my cat down, you know, inside her earlier this, this morning, and I was trying to find, if, you know, if she was going to be okay, and she seems to be okay. That's
0: good. Mom has not had a cat since March of 2017, when she moved into the memory residence.
1: Life is one of those things that
0: just, you never know what's gonna happen. That's true. I should probably put this here. Yeah, and then they can pick them up with the rest of the linens. Like that? Sure. See, I told you she's gonna come get them. You put your fork on the plate. Yeah. Put the fork on the plate. Which one? This mm-hmm. There you go. And oh, we can, here, no, let's clear that off. There you go. We can mm-hmm. throw it away. Yeah, it's dirty.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Most days when I come and visit mom I find the linen napkins in her room in her purse and the plastic cups they drink out of stuffed everywhere utensils mom seems to have a hoarding issue and recently I've started calling it Alzheimer's OCD because it's just incredible the stuff that she will carry around I guess both of us made messes on our paper placemats. Oh, we did something. It doesn't doesn't last long, Uh huh? No. Just in time for lunch. Yeah. Some of the parks that we go to are closed Um, because of all the fires. Permanently? No. Just because of the high fire danger so windy yesterday that it whipped a little fire into a huge fire so we don't want that just there
1: for a while
0: yes Yeah. I should probably put this here yeah and then they can pick them up with the rest of the linens like that sure see I told you she's going to come get them Finished with lunch, mom and I decide to go for a drive. Of course, I have an ulterior motive. So let's go to my house and get your winter clothes out of the storage. As we drive to my house, which is about 10 minutes away, mom and I have what would be considered one of our normal conversations. You don't have to worry about buying olive oil because you don't cook anymore. I yeah, cook. you do uh, breakfast
1: or dinner? Not as long as, not as not much as I used to, but... That's okay. Yeah. Well, I had a family and... Yeah. Kids and all kinds of things at that time. When, it went away, when, they, went, when they, went, they went to school and all different kinds of
0: things. Like getting married and stuff? Pardon me? Like they got married and stuff? I didn't get anything there. No, didn't your daughters get married? My daughters? Yeah. Uh, I don't think I had any daughters at that time. (laughs) Okay. What did you have? I don't know. (laughs) Oh. You don't remember what kids you had? Had dogs.
1: Uh, yeah, dogs. Yeah. Both of my brothers want, loved having have the dogs. And they didn't want to be a piss. So I don't know what they're doing.
0: Mmm. Okie dokie. Maybe nothing that's worse. <laughs> but... How old are your brothers now? Pardon me? How old are your brothers now? I honestly don't know. Mm-hmm. I'd have to go out and look at it again. Are they grown up? Well, they're adults.
1: Okay, they're pretty pretty much, I think. Do yeah. you? Do they have kids? Um, I they have children that are out there with them, so it's probably true. Okay. Yeah. So I don't. I, I don't know for sure. I'm not gonna.
0: You're not gonna speculate. Yeah.
1: I don't know for sure, so I don't want to say things
0: and then have to change it. Well, if we admit, oh, I was mistaken, it's not that big a deal, right? I like this area out here. Oh, it's in my neighborhood unfortunately closed the golf course, so instead of green grass, now we have more brown grass. More or less, what time? More brown grass, because they closed the golf course. Oh. We were just walking the dogs this morning, and John said, I wonder how long before it doesn't look like a dead golf course. And I said, I think three years. He thought that was a good guess. So we'll see. No way of knowing until it happens. He got it anyway. Fortunately, my house doesn't back up to the golf course. So it's, Hmm. it's just the drive from the street up the hill to the house that changed. like my Halloween decorations. I feel like we've been out of town. <laughs> I'm not that far off the main road. Only a mile. <laughs> I know, but getting her that way is... <laughs> it's only been about 12 minutes.
1: Now what's that big build- building?
0: A house. Is that all it is? I yeah. mean, this one right here on the corner. Your room? This is my house. Yeah. Okay, we're going to go inside.
1: We are, huh?
0: Yep. And we're going to get your winter clothes.
1: Really? Yes. I thought I could ta- ta- take it by myself.
0: You know. Well, you could, except they're at my house. Because <laughs> yes, your is not that big. Up until this point, our visit was going fine. Nothing exciting, no upsets, just the usual. When we got back to mom's residence, she needed to use the bathroom. I have gotten in the habit of opening the door so she can see the facilities. Her short term memory is pretty much gone, and it's easier to show her where she needs to go instead of pointing or leaving it up to her to fend for herself. Mom is semi incontinent at this point. She wears depends but she was still using the bathroom fairly well on her own. While I was hanging up her winter clothes in the closet, she was struggling and struggling to pull up the underwear. First, it doesn't help that she crosses her legs and then tries to pull the clothes up. This particular day, the only real problem was one we all have on occasion. She kept getting her toes stuck in the leg hole. The problem for someone living with Alzheimer's is that they cannot analyze the problem and find a solution. So the challenge for me was knowing that helping mom, even in a simple and basic way, could easily lead to anger on her part. I let her struggle and I gave her the time to see if she could solve the problem. It's hard to know how long allowing them to attempt to do something is actually reasonable. I could tell it was time to step in though when she started swearing under her breath. Knowing that the likelihood of making her angry was high, I did my best to help in a way that didn't really seem like help. I saw that her toe was stuck. Had her legs not been crossed, she might have seen that for herself. So I leaned over and gently said, Oh, you've got your toe stuck. Then moved the underwear so it was unstuck. Pretty simple. Then I said, There you go. You've got it. You, you're, you're great. The whole time I was trying to play down the fact that she needed help and attempted through tone of voice and body language to indicate that what was going on was no big deal. Unfortunately, despite my best attempt, my help made mom angry. After I helped unhook her toe, I left her in the bathroom to finish pulling up her clothes. She stomped back into her room and said, I get so angry when people do that, it pisses me off. And out into the hall she went. About five minutes later, Just about the time I was finished with the clothes and about to leave, she came back in the room and was all happy and smiles when she saw me. I was glad that I'd be able to finish the visit on a positive note because mom seems to remember the negative feelings left behind after an incident like this long after she's forgotten what happened. We chatted for a little while and then I left. Thankfully, mom was still in a happier place. The following week, mom had a dentist appointment. I have to sit in the exam room with her after a disaster appointment earlier in the spring, so this time I was prepared with music for her. Thankfully, the appointment went well and we even got x-rays completed. The following recording is my arrival and my attempt to get her out of her residence in a reasonable state and within a reasonable time frame. Hi! Am I enough dressed enough? Of course! Okay. You got pants, you got shoes and a shirt? Yeah, socks and all kinds of things. Awesome! Can I come in? Yeah, come on in. What's up? I don't know. We're
1: supposed
0: to be going someplace, but I don't have any idea. Well, I do. At this point in time, Mom recognized me as somebody who took her out on adventures, which was my point, but it surprised me that she connected going out with me. You got a dentist appointment. A what? Dentist appointment. Is that what I have? Yeah. Oh, well then I don't need all of this. No, you don't. By all of this, what mom is referring to is a handful of toilet paper folded neatly and gripped tightly in her hand. Mom has had a leaky eye and a drippy nose frequently for most of my adult life, even my teenage years. We've never figured out if it's an allergy or what. I get the same thing now, when the breeze blows up against me, it's frustrating, but she takes it to another level with four feet of toilet paper that she just will not let go. The trash can's behind you, it's yeah, right here. Yeah, put this in the box here. Oh, here.
1: What's right here? No, I'm gonna have to have some, some, something else, I think, I'm sure. I'll put that in there, it's, you know, not- You know, you can see it right there. Okay. So sometimes it makes my eyes, um, you know, get real red and stuff
0: like that. But those are also, they come up that way. Oh, okay. Do you need to brush your teeth before we go to the dentist? Do I have what? Do you need to brush your teeth before we go to the Uh, dentist? Yeah, I probably should. Okay. Better go in the bathroom and do that. Most of the beginning of that conversation made absolutely no sense, which you can tell because when I start saying, oh, okay, or "Uh uh-huh, I'm just agreeing with her because I have absolutely no clue what she's talking about. And then she said, oh, yeah, she should go in the bathroom to brush her teeth, but she literally roamed around the room trying to figure out what to do for two or three minutes. I will spare you our conversation on that point. What you can't see, because obviously this is a podcast, is the pantomime, charades, and body language, pointing, gesturing. When I asked her if she needed to brush her teeth, I was making the physical sign of brushing my teeth, and I find that sometimes that helps and sometimes it frustrates her. One last conversation before I bring this into the present. Thursday is Thanksgiving. Pardon me? Thursday is Thanksgiving. What would you like to do? You don't want to do that. What would you like to do for Thanksgiving? Not much. How much?
1: Not much. Well, my kids are growing, doing what they want to do.
0: Mm. So I'd
1: rather let them do that.
0: Okay. Well, why don't you come to my house so you can be with your kids <laughs> and your grandchildren oh, and no. other family?
1: Uh, I think that's a good that's
0: not, that, that doesn't go right. You don't want to spend Thanksgiving with the family? I spend, yeah, sometimes with my family. Do you want to spend Thanksgiving with your family?
1: You have to talk, to
0: talk to my husband. What do you want to do?
1: I have a decided. I want to, as long as I can get and do what I want to do, I'll be okay.
0: Okay, that sounds perfect. Okay. What do you want to do?
1: I haven't done that yet. Okay. I've been working with my daughter with uh, the nets, the thing to, that she works on. And she's been good with me with that, so.
0: What you guys been working on? I didn't know you guys were doing it's, that. It's some kind of a program where she, you know, she builds
1: or something. I'm not exactly through the school, I don't know exactly what it is, and I don't really want to get excited. I don't want it to come up all of sudden, all at one minute. That'd be horrible.
0: So you're building something with Miranda?
1: It's been the build- in the house.
0: Yeah, you're building something together. Well, I'm not building it. My daughter is. Which daughter, Jeanette?
1: I don't know.
0: I have to go look. I'm desperately trying to figure out what the heck my mom is talking about. My sister sells insurance, so I'm pretty sure that mom has not been working with my sister on any work project. So I thought perhaps she'd been doing something with Miranda, who is the second oldest grandchild. And that didn't seem to be the case. And then she had no idea which daughter she was talking about. So we kept going.
1: The daughter with uh, They're her. probably dialing do- or doing it in, in the same place, but I don't know exactly what they're doing. Uh, and I went one day and met the doctor, the, not the doctor, but the teacher. Uh huh. You know, just enough to get enough collected to them so that I knew who they were, when they were going to be doing it, when they, you know, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, but your daughters are have not been in school for a long time. That's why I'm confused. Well,
1: yeah, but they have to get they have to stay at home, and if I'm
0: gone,
1: that makes it even worse. So
0: sometimes. Okay, well, let's go back to Thanksgiving. Yeah. What do you want to do for Thanksgiving? I'll be honest with you. I haven't thought about it. Okay, well, it's in three days, so can we think about it? <laughs> well it sounds like it needs to be. Yeah, I don't know exactly
1: what, it, what to do. I don't know. Normally see when we were my husband and I were the, the head of the family, all of them all of them together, right? you know Well but now they're all, you know, I have to do this difference, all different kinds of things. I don't know what to do, when to do it, how to do it if I want to do it. And sometimes other people go, you know, someplace else, and I can understand that.
0: Again, no idea what mom is talking about. My sister comes to my house with her family. My daughter's fiance's family comes to my house. So it's really not a lot of going back and forth or any of what she was talking about. Okay, well, I'm asking if you want to come to my house and be with your family. You know, your daughters, your um, grandchildren, your son-in-laws, yeah, they, your grandson-in-law. They don't kind
1: of get around it that much. I,
0: Who doesn't get around much? Well, I'm not talking about it. They don't, I don't know how to talk about it. Okay, do you want to come to my house for Thanksgiving? Yes or no?
1: I'd have to talk to my
0: husband and see what he feels like. No, I'm asking what you want. Okay. And then I'll ask him what he wants, and then we'll figure it out. So what do you... Sounds good to me. Okay, that sounds great. Insert silent screaming and metaphorically banging my head on the steer wheel as I drive. Regular listeners will remember that my dad has been gone for almost three years at this point, point. So I will not be asking him what he wants to do for Thanksgiving, but I play along with her. It's just very frustrating that instead of getting a yes or no answer, I get all of that gobbledygook. Yes, it's part of the disease, but mom was always very decisive. She did what she wanted to do. And that brings me to the current phase that we are in as we are into the early months of 2020. Mom had a rough start to 2020. The week of Christmas, she developed some sort of infection under her eye. It started out as a red mark, and by Christmas Day, it was a very large lump that concerned everyone but her doctor. All of our recent medical issues are part of a separate episode, so stay tuned for that. On December 30th, Mom fell in the early morning hours between shifts of caregivers. She ended up in the hospital because she needed stitches. Now, no one knows what caused her to fall. She hasn't been a fall risk prior to the end of the year, and she hasn't fallen since, so we're all baffled. What has happened is she is significantly less verbal and significantly less cooperative. In the first couple months of this year, she has drawn blood on at least three people, two caregivers, and my husband. All because they had the nerve to try and help mom do things she can no longer do for herself. Now, I have the privilege of talking to lots of caregivers through this podcast, and mom's violent combativeness is one topic I bring up a lot. I want to help mom have peaceful days, not days where she's swearing at people, scratching, and essentially acting like a tyrant. It's taken months of suggestions that haven't worked, but I finally feel that I've talked to enough people had enough experiences with mom's combativeness to come up with what I hope will be a workable solution. So back to mom's history. Now she was a housewife, a mom, a dog mom, and a helper in my dad's side businesses. Essentially, mom was a caregiver. She was independent and did what she wanted, when, and how she wanted. She has none of that now, Frequently, she's telling other residents to let her know if she can be of help and, and you know, just, I'll, I'll be around if you need me. I actually hear this a lot. I was talking to a guest recently who suggested giving mom A or B options. Do you want iced tea or Diet Coke? Now, I use that example because that's exactly what I did back in mid-September. I got the typical, now you have whatever you want and it's okay, don't worry about me and other non-answers. And so I finally gave her the tea. In my conversation with this guest, who you'll hear from in an upcoming episode, we both had a bit of a light bulb aha moment. Even if mom doesn't make a decision, giving her choices makes her feel like she has some control in her life where she truly has none. That made me think about the day we ended up having three doctor visits and both of us were mellow and calm and actually having a good day. I'm concluding that because neither of us were in control, she was more at ease with the whole situation. I have no other explanation as to how I got through almost an entire day with her, the medical profession, and actually having a pretty good time. Neither of us being in control is the only thing that makes sense to me. Currently, the main solution to mom's violent combativeness is to put her on an additional medication. Unfortunately, I have to find new doctors for her first. If we're lucky, this plan that I've come up with won't require us to use the additional medication. More likely... The two solutions together will give her and all of us caregivers a lot more peace. Since mom wants to be in control, wants to be a helper, that's what I'm going to suggest strongly that the staff allow her to do. An example would be to ask her to put napkins on the table before a meal and then hand them to her. If the napkins end up on the table, great. If not, it's really not more work for the caregivers. Since mom Fights like crazy when she has to be showered. In addition to the suggestion of asking her to help by giving her things to hold, it might help to also give her an option. Do you want to shower now or after breakfast? She will likely say later, at which point they can say, Okay, you said you wanted to shower after breakfast, so I will get the shower ready for you now. The idea is to give her a sense of having choices, of having some sort of control, even though she doesn't make decisions unless you really, really press her on them. I will try to do a follow-up so that you can be updated on whether or not this strategy helped at all. I don't suspect that it will solve all of the issues or even some of them, but if we can dial down the hostilities, that would benefit everyone and that's worth a little extra effort. If you found this episode helpful and informative, please give us a five-star rating and review on Apple iTunes. This is how new people will find us. Also, be sure to follow us on social media. All of our accounts are linked in the show notes. And as always, I will be in your ears again next Tuesday.